Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Lighten up. I mean, a little bit of flesh ain't gonna kill nobody. And before you know it, just like cancer, it begins to spread. And now you have to change your message altogether. Now you're just talking about good stuff, how to be the best you. <laughs> what? How to be the best you? Ain't nothing good about you. <laughs> your best self. Your best self. I better move on. I'm <laughs> you know, but God's word challenges. Amen, saints, you understand? And when God's word begins to challenge you, you either start saying, you know what? I need to deal with this flesh. I need to deal with my life. I need to repent of my sin. I need to get right with God. I need to start walking with God and doing what God's called me to do. Or you say, you know, I don't want to go to that church anymore. They talk too much about stuff I don't want to hear. And you just keep jumping around till you find somebody that's telling you what you want to hear. And you go in the church and you Uh, no. And you go to another church. That's what happens. And the, and the people, when, when God began to speak, and God began to, you know, lay down his law, the people are like, Moses, look, you go. We don't want to go near God unless we die. But then notice what Moses said in verse 20. Notice the people's reaction is fear, but Moses tells the people, Moses said in verse 20, are you looking at it? Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. Now listen, God doesn't want us to be afraid of him. Amen. But God does want us to have a healthy fear of him. What's the difference? God doesn't want you to be afraid. I'm like, oh, we better not go near God because God's going to get, you know. You know, you go near God. No, not that kind of fear. But the word that's used here in the Hebrew language is not fear like I'm afraid of God, as if God's going to hurt me, but a fear meaning a reverential respect for God. A healthy fear of God. It's like your children. You don't want your children to be fearful of you, but you want your children to be fearful of you. I mean, parents, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, you do. I mean, you don't want them to be like, come, Dad, Dad, can I, you know, Dad, can I have 50 cent? You know, get out of here, kid. I mean, no, you, you know, you don't want that kind of relation, but you do want them to come to you and say, Dad, hey, would you mind with some kind of respect? With some respect. 
You want 50 cent, that's fine. You're going to pay me back, but that's that's some... But some respect, you understand? And so that's what God wants. God wants his kids to be respectful. You know, I found a great definition for the fear of God. Listen at this. The definition reads this. The acute awareness, and I like this definition for the fear of God. It's the acute awareness of the presence of God's power that produces in me a sense of awe and calls forth from me honor and respect and reverence. Don't you love that? The acute awareness of the presence of God's power that produces in me a sense of awe and calls forth from me honor, respect, and reverence. That's what God wants. God wants us to fear him. God wants us to have a healthy, reverential reverence for him because Psalm 11, 111, pardon me, verse 10 says this. It says, the beginning, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter one, verse seven says the fear of the Lord is a beginning of knowledge. Talking about the fear of God, the respect and the reverence of God. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 27 says the fear of the Lord prolongs days. Proverbs 19, verse 23, it says the fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. It's good to fear God. Amen, saints. Proverbs 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 says, To fear God is the chief end of man. Do you know Solomon said that? He said the fear of God is the chief end of man. Solomon wrote that. And you know Solomon's story. Solomon had it all. He had money. He had power. He had women. He had everything that he wanted. And yet, when he came to the end of his life, he said it was all empty and it was all vain. Solomon said the chief end of man is the fear of God and the keeping of God's commandments. If you want to be happy, then fear God and keep God's commandments. Notice in verse 22. Let's move on. Look at verse 22. Then the Lord, in verse 22, you're looking at it. Then the Lord said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, you have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make anything to be with me. Gods of silver, God saying, don't make any idols and put them alongside of me. Gods of silver, gods of gold, you shall not make for yourselves. An altar of earth, in verse 24, you shall make for me, and you shall sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I record my name, I will come to you, and I will bless you. And if you make me, in verse 25, an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stone or don't chisel at it. I'll explain in a minute. For if you use your tool on it, you have profaned the altar. Nor shall you go up by steps to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. Notice God gives the law and then he instructs them to build an altar. God gives the law and then He instructs them to build an altar. 
after the law was heeded, an altar was needed. Interesting. In other words, listen, when a person really hears the law of God, the word of God, you realize I'm a sinner and I need a savior and I need a sacrifice to take away that sin. That's what God is teaching them. So God tells them to build him an altar. And then he gives them the details for that altar. It was to be an altar of earth or an altar of stone. It wasn't to be an altar of gold, silver. It wasn't to be ornate. It wasn't to be fancy and that attractive, actually. Just a very simple altar. Why? Because, listen, we just read it in our text, actually, because God wanted to focus to be on the sacrifice and not on the altar. God wants the focus to be on the sacrifice and not on the altar. And so God says, listen, I want you to make me an altar that's simple, not all flashy, no gold, no silver, just something made of dust and, and, and dirt. Now, there's a couple things we can learn here. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. There are two things we can learn about worship from this, these few verses. A couple things we can learn about worship. Number one, worship should be marked by simplicity. Worship should be marked by simplicity. God said, I want you to build an altar, and I don't want it to be flashy, no gold, no silver, just dirt or stone. God wanted the people to build their place of worship very simply, a mound of dirt, maybe some rocks, nothing too fancy, that the focus would be on the sacrifice, as I said. And what was true, listen, for them, as it relates to a place of worship, an altar, the sacrifice, in our case, Jesus being seen, I think it's true for the church today. You'll notice our sanctuary is pretty simple. I mean, I mean it's nice, but it's pretty simple. I, I don't recommend that we have things hanging on the walls. I've been to churches where they do and various banners and things of that nature, and that's just fine for them. But, but for me, we really do here at Calvary Chapel seek to keep the sanctuary and things fairly simple. And the reason we do that is because, and no matter how large we get, things will be fairly simple. They'll be nice, but they'll be fairly simple. And the reason for that is because we really don't want you getting distracted on the beauty of the facility. We don't want you coming in and go, oh, wow, look at all the crystal. Wow, this place is amazing. You know why? Because our tendency, our flesh, we get caught up in the building and we lose sight of the sacrifice. We lose sight of Jesus. We lose sight of, you know, why we're here to worship. So we actually do go out of our way to keep things very, very simple and yet functional and practical. And, and, and granted, you know, simple and, and clean go in the same sentence. It doesn't have to be so, we're just so humble. We don't, we don't want no focus on man and no focus on the facility. So the place is filthy. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. Let me tell you, no, no, you know, no, gotta have, the place got to be clean. 
And believe it or not, I have spoken in places in churches, and this is criminal, where the church wasn't clean. That, that's a crime. Somebody should be arrested. Uh, no, amen. Or you go in the bathroom and it's not cl- in a church, please. Uh-uh. No, not only that, but I'll tell you something. I'll tell you all a little secret about Elvira, okay? She is a bathroom clean freak. Elvira wouldn't have it any other way. We have gone to hotels, I kid you not. And ladies, some of y'all ladies are like this. We go to hotels. Oh, I'm just going to tell it all, honey. I got to tell it all. I'm just going to tell it all. <laughs> She's back there doing like this. Because we'll go to hotels. Elvira pulled the sheets back. She get out the blue light and no, 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 I'm just <laughs> she, I'm just all looking all over the sheets. I'm telling you, I've had so events and and or and then she go to the bathroom and go in the bathroom and got to pull a tall seat up, look all underneath the thing. I have, I'm, I kid you not, and this is true. At one, two o'clock in the morning, we've gotten to hotels and she's like, "Look, you have got to go find a supermarket and get some soft scrub." What, y'all ladies looking at me like, and? I'm like, look, can't you just get over it? I'm tired. We've been driving all night and I just need to get some rest. She goes, I ain't sleeping. I am not using that bath. I'm like, okay. I go out one, two, I'm looking for a supermarket. I'm in the city. I don't know where I am. It takes me three hours to find a supermarket. By the time I get back, it's time to check out. I mean, it's nuts. And, and I bring the stuff back, and she cleans the bathroom. Because, and, and granted, yeah, bathrooms do need to be cleaned. I mean, that's kind, of a, that's kind of right up there in the biggie. But just because something is, is humble and simple, it doesn't mean it needs to be dirty. And, and it needs to be clean because it's God's house. Amen, saints? And I think a lot of times, you know, we take care of our own house better than we take care of God's house. Amen. You've heard my sermon about bringing your, your garage stuff to church. You heard that sermon? Don't do it. That was the point of that sermon, okay? We bring all, you know, I'm having the garage sale. I got to get rid of this junk. What am I going to do with it? You know, I'll take it to church. You don't want that. You know, what God is just simply saying to his people, listen, keep things simple. Just keep things simple. You know, just a very simple environment. And that's what we can learn about worship. There should be a simplicity in worship. And not only a simplicity in worship, but also worship should be marked by humility. Look at verse 26 in your Bibles. No steps to the altar. Do you see that? Nor shall you go up by the steps to my altar that your nakedness may not be exposed on it. You see that? No steps, God says. So the people wouldn't see your nakedness. Now, this is a cultural thing. Listen close. In that culture, the pagans made altars that were high and the priests would climb stairs or even have to climb like up a little scale up a wall, if you will, or kind of pull yourself and throw yourself over to get up on the altar. And in those days, you know, they wore robes and they did not wear underwear under their, I'm just giving you the cultural context, people. And, 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 and what would happen is you would see there, well, let's, let's just say it rhymes with shiny. <laughs> and, 
And the higher, listen, and the higher you go, here's the point here, here's the point. <laughs> there is a point. Listen. And the higher you go, the more flesh would be seen. So God says, listen, here God is talking about modesty. And it's a very interesting thing, Bible students, you look this up in your own time, but it's in Exodus chapter 28, and it talks to the priest there in Exodus 28, talking to the priest about wearing underwear. I mean, I told you walking with God is easy. He spells it all out for you, okay? (laughs) This is what you need to be wearing. And God's talking to his people about being humble and being modest And I think that's a word for us in the church today. You know, with the clothing that's out, male and female. You know, we have to be modest in the presence of God, don't you think? And and, no, I'm not talking about legalism and, you know, all, all these things. I'm just talking about, you know, ladies, you know, dress modestly. And don't you don't have to, you know, look homeless or, you know... You know, because people think, my, well, I got to wear that long thing. I don't even like that thing. No, I mean, you can look nice and be covered and, and nicely dressed. So, you know, you can be modest and be stylish. Amen. Amen. I'm the only one who agrees, but that's fine. That's, uh, you can be. And, and I think we need to be. And, 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 and we need to be humble. We need to be modest in that sense. And, and yes, there's a balance. You know, you don't want to be... You know, you don't want to be in worship. You want worship to be humble, and, and, and you want it to be simple. And, and there's a balance to all of this in the church today. I mean, you know, some people might think what we have here is, is not simple, and what we have here is not humble. As a matter of fact, I've been told that in the past, that, that, that our church was, I remember it was over in the other building. We had a stage. I think I told you all about this. We had the stage, and people were on the stage because you just need to be on the stage if, if people are going to see you. I mean, you probably, all of you couldn't see me if I was standing down there. So we have a stage for a reason so that I'm a little bit higher than to see you. That's all. It's not ego. Nobody's trying to be above anybody else. It's not about that. And this guy came to me after service. I'll never forget it. And he, and he you know, he had a stack of books like this. I mean, he had the, 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 the King Jimmy, the New King Jimmy, the NIV, the the triple the, the A, the double A. And the, he, he had the, the ABC. He had every book. And he's standing there, he says, Pastor, I'd like to speak with you. And I said, well, yeah, well, nice to meet you. And first time here, I mean, obviously, the book thing like that, you know. And, and he says, well, I want to tell you that you are you're lifting the people up, and they're on the stage, and that's lifting the people up above God and above the people and all that. And I'm like, what? Uh, security? <laughs> what? What? No. It's not what it's about at all. I mean, some things are just a matter of practice, and, and we want to be humble, and we, you know, and we want to be, you know, simple, and, you know, we, we don't want our worship to be, you know, so, you know, people coming out to hear the music. You know, you got to watch that. You know, people getting into worship nowadays and going to churches because they got good music over there, and, and good music is good. You don't want it to be listless and lifeless and boring and all of these things, but we got to watch out. And watch ourselves and how we are conducting ourselves in the presence of God. 
And this is what God is getting to here, how we're conducting ourselves in the presence of God and, and, and where our focus is in the presence of God. Is our focus on the sacrifice? Is our focus on Jesus? Or is it on, you know, the ornate altar? You know, is, is our worship, you know, with a sense of humility and a sense of simplicity? Or is it something that people are coming out to hear the harmonies and the melodies and, and, and you know, and, and, and that kind of thing, to hear good music? Or is it worship to God? And that's what God is trying to establish in his people. Remember, they just came out of Egypt. Remember, they have been in a very secular culture for 400 years. And God brings them out of Egypt, brings them into the wilderness, gives them the law. And then now God is training them on how to be before him. I told you walking with God is not burdensome. He's teaching them how to be, how to act, how to respond and how to love him. And what's pleasing to him and what's not pleasing to him. And so God says, I want, I want worship to be simple. And I want worship to be humble, humble. And I don't want any steps. Notice in your Bibles, and I'm going I'm to wrap it up right here. But look at verse 26 again. I want you to look at it again. Uh, you shall go, you, nor shall you go up by steps. God is telling them, even on that altar, I don't even want steps. He doesn't want steps. And that's very, very interesting. You know, people today, man, we, we're, we're in the steps in our culture. I mean, we're in the steps. We've got the 12-step program. We're in the steps. And don't misunderstand me. The 12-step program has helped a lot of people. And it really has been, you know, a good thing that helped a lot of people get through. But, but, but what those types of programs, you need to understand what those kind of 12-step programs do is they put a lot of attention on me. Me, my effort, my progress, I'm doing well, I'm on step seven. And they put a lot of emphasis on self-dependency versus God-dependency. I am going to kick this. I am in this program. I am climbing higher and higher. Listen, salvation comes with one step, not 12. Somebody say amen. One step. By simply saying, Lord, have mercy on me, not climbing a ladder. And God is simply laying out to the people, listen, I don't want any steps because I don't want your nakedness to be seen. I want the sacrifice to be seen. Everything is about focusing on Jesus. Are y'all getting this? Everything just all about focus on Jesus, period. No steps. No ornate gold, flashy anything, just all about the sacrifice. And when we come together as a body, that's what we seek here, is for it to be, our environment to be about the sacrifice. That's why we stay in the word. That's why when we worship, we sing songs to Jesus. Or we sing songs about Jesus or about God's word. You know how much theology you learn just from singing songs that are rich in theology? And how many people have said to me, These, the songs are great. I mean, they make me think about Jesus. I'm like, yeah. That's a good thing. You know, versus, you know, triumph, take the land. We're going to conquer. I, I'm, I, we've conquered. Jesus already conquered it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just hiding in him. Amen. Songs about him. Songs to him, songs for him, everything focuses, points to 
sacrifice. That's what God is trying to get across to the people early on. Before we go any further, they just came out of Egypt. Here's a law. Determine you're going to do that. Obey. And I'm telling you, I'm going to bear you up on eagle's wings. You obey my voice. You're going to be blessed. You're a special people. You're a treasure. That's what I want to do in you. I'm going to make you a special people. And in order to become that special people, you've got to obey my word. You've got to walk in love. You've got to do things the way that I'm setting up. And I'm going to teach you, God says, how to love me. God teaches us how to love him. He does that by the Spirit. He teaches us how to love him. You don't know how to love God. You don't know the first thing about loving God. I don't know the first thing about loving God. I've been walking with God for 25 years. I'm still learning stuff. Because I don't know about loving God. I don't know what to do. I'm just hanging on. Trying to love Jesus every day. And God is teaching me every day. He's faithful to do that. That's why he told them in chapter 19, I bore you up on eagle's wings. You didn't do that for yourself. I did that. God's word is so good. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.